0: The JMF Advisors Show is a podcast for business owners, C-suite executives, and entrepreneurs who are looking to build, grow, or even exit a business. We bring in some of our best financial advisors to interview experts on
1: business best practices, hot topics, and sprinkle in some tax and accounting help.
0: If you're a business owner, startup founder, CFO, or just starting your side hustle, this podcast is for you. We're back and uh excited about today's topics uh this is bobby bragg with Jameson money farmer and i'm here with uh rachel taylor one of our tax shareholders i think she's the co-lead for our tax department that's right um we've got a couple of a couple of interesting topics we get a lot of questions uh, this time of year in particular about uh, year-end tax strategies what you should be thinking about not thinking about we're probably going to break this up into a couple of different um, podcast, but today we're going to focus on individual tax planning um, at you know near the end of the year. So um, why don't we just kind of kick it off there? I don't know if you have any overarching thoughts on individual tax planning things to get done year over year and that nature.
1: Sure. Uh, one, one good thing that's helpful is to look at what you've done in the year so far you know have you had a lot of medical expenses have you had a lot of charitable contributions um, have you had a lot of capital gains or did you sell some timber or change jobs you know all those things can really play into what your strategy needs to be need, needs to be for the end of the year um, maybe you need to make another estimated tax payment or maybe you maybe your final um quarterly payment needs to be less because of what happened during the year so taking a good assessment of what's happened in the year so far is a good first step
0: yeah so you you mentioned like a couple of capital gains type things and then also kind of job change things um you know do you have three three w-2s for during the year right. or not a lot of a lot of times people get kind of hung up on some of that stuff so on a sort of a high level what what are the things that people should really look for in that in that scenario
1: i would say if you've changed jobs and you're having to fill out new w-4s and that kind of thing then looking at your withholding is good so i mean probably by the end of the year if your withholding hasn't been right not a whole lot you can do about it for the year that's ending but at least you'll know hey, maybe I'm going to have a shortfall for this particular tax year. I can fix it for future tax years. And then also um, I can prepare for maybe what I might owe for the tax right. return coming up. That's that's a good place to start. We get a lot of questions from people when they change jobs about filling out their W-4. So that's something a tax advisor could help you with. If you've got pay stubs and you don't really know what to do, You know, we could run a projection and see where you stand. Right.
0: Okay. So... Projections are a good way. Then, sure, yeah, so absolutely. Um, okay, what about um, charitable deductions or charitable contributions and kind of deductions in aggregate? How how do those really work and affect? How do you how do you make choices at the end of the year that probably benefit you the most?
1: Ever since the standard deduction increased a few years ago, we've seen fewer people take the itemized deduction just because most people don't have enough between their mortgage interest and their charitable contributions and all that to itemize, especially as maybe you don't have a mortgage anymore because your house is paid off that type of thing. So for 2022, the standard deduction for married filing jointly is 25,900 for single filers. It's 12,950. So that's a good number to keep in mind. If you've had maybe a decent amount of medical expenses, This year or charitable contributions and you could maybe accelerate some maybe some elective medical type things or maybe a bunch of charitable contributions, maybe some you might make at the beginning of next year, go ahead and make them at the end of this year. Sometimes those things can help push you over that that standard deduction amount to get you into itemizing. Also, if you're in Alabama, most people do still itemize for Alabama. So don't forget about that, too. We tend to focus on federal. Obviously, it's tax rates different, but it still can be helpful to, you know, if you, if you. Think that you might be able to go ahead and accelerate some deductions because of what you've done in the year so far. That's not a bad strategy, and that can apply to charitable or medical. Medical is a little trickier because you've got a AGI threshold you have to reach. But if you've had a lot of significant medical expenses, you know that it still could be beneficial.
0: Right. So, w- what is that Alabama? You where you would do a standard deduction federally, and then you would itemize uh, for Alabama. What what triggers that?
1: The standard deduction for Alabama is something like $2,500. So it's, it's a pretty easy threshold to get over. Of course, the Alabama tax rate is roughly 5%. So it's not, it's not the same as if maybe you're in the 25% federal tax bracket. Obviously that makes a bigger difference. So getting over the Alabama standard deduction threshold is pretty easy. Gotcha. But, but that's just something not to forget about that. That is still there.
0: Gotcha. Um, A lot of of questions related to IRAs and qualified uh, charitable distributions from there versus, um, you know, required uh, minimum distributions and things of that nature. So walk us through some of the issues there to kind of keep in mind between now and the end of the year.
1: Sure. So in 2020, um, a lot of people were elected not to receive their required minimum distribution that was a cares act provision so that's you know that was a nice break for people who did not need to take their distribution just for living expenses and that kind of thing so but going forward 2021 2022 going forward if you are of a of a certain age um then you are required to go ahead and take your required minimum distribution. Some people count on that for their retirement income. They're gonna take it regardless. Other people may find themselves where maybe I don't need that distribution for this year. Maybe there's something else I could do to help save some tax. So this fits back into the standard deduction conversation of maybe you're retired, maybe you're taking your required minimum distributions and you're also taking the standard deduction. So if you give $10,000 to your church, it may not increase your deduction in any way just because you're already at that standard deduction amount. So a good strategy is to, instead of, if you've got an IRA that you're taking a required minimum distribution from, instead of writing a check to the church for $10,000, you can have that $10,000 sent straight from your IRA to the church. It still counts as your required minimum distribution, so it meets that, that legal, that tax requirement that you take that distribution, but the benefit is it's not taxable to you. You don't get a, a charitable deduction for it, but it's also not taxable income. So in a way it's, it's like being able to take that charitable contribution, even if you take the standard deduction. And the trick is you can't take the cash from your IRA personally, and then write a check to the church. That doesn't count. It would have to go straight from your IRA to the, it doesn't have to be the church, but just a, a charitable organization. That's just an example. So you would need to contact your IRA custodian, make sure that you give them instructions. I would say they're probably very accustomed to this. They probably have a form. It's probably really simple. And they just make this the, um, the check straight out to whatever organization, whatever amount. And then you don't have to give your entire uh, required minimum distribution to that organization. You can split it. You can, you can take part. You can give that giveaway part. And then you can actually do that up to a hundred thousand dollars out of your IRA. So I don't, I've not seen that maximum amount particularly often, but yeah. I have seen it where that really this strategy really does save people some money. So if you've already taken your RMD for this year, then you know that's a good thing to think about for next year. If you haven't and you still need to by the end of the year, but you don't really need the money necessarily. This is a good way to to do your end-of-year charitable giving while also helping yourself out right. on the tax side.
0: So somewhere between, you know, a bunching strategy. Right. <laughs> you can kind of layer these things on top sure. of one another. Yeah. That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, and j- we, we touched on uh, RMDs a little mm-hmm. bit, and I know there were some changes around that in the uh, the CARES Act in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just kind of hit those on a high note for, for everyone out there? how that changed?
1: Yeah, we all got used to age 70 and a half. Once you got to age 70 and a half, then you had to start taking your required minimum distributions. If you had not already, you can do it once you get to 59 and a half without penalty, um, except for certain. There's always exceptions, you know. Uh, So we we all got used to 70 and a half. It changed to age 72. So meaning if you get to 70 and a half and you're not taking your minimum distributions and you're not don't need to, don't want to, you can wait till 72. So that's a, that's a nice change. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: great. Any other um, things in your mind for individual tax planning before the end of the year?
1: Yeah, there are a couple more things. If you've got um, investment portfolios, it's a good idea to look at that and see what kind of activity has taken place as far as maybe sales, uh, capital gain distributions, dividends, that kind of thing. Or or even outside that, if you've had timber sales or Something other that's triggered some kind of gain, then this is a good time to talk to your um, financial advisor, talk to your tax advisor, and see do I have a lot of capital gains? Is this a good time? Does it make sense to maybe harvest some losses? You know, you've got some investments that aren't doing very well. Let's go ahead and take those losses, take that, and invest it in something that is doing better. Um, flip side of that is maybe you've had some losses in the past that you couldn't fully deduct because there is a limit, a $3,000 limit on your federal return for capital losses. So maybe you've got to carry forward. Well, instead of just letting it carry forward using $3,000 a year, maybe you've got an investment over here that you could generate some capital gains, use up that capital loss. So obviously those are decisions that you would want to consult with somebody on, but those are, can be some good year-end strategies. Financial advisors are good at that; they they're used to that kind of thing. So, you know, you can engage with them, see maybe what they say, and then you can also just make year-end contributions to other things too. If you if you're saving for college and you have an Alabama five twenty nine plan can make a contribution to that by the end of the year. If it's an Alabama plan, you can get the deduction on your Alabama tax return. It doesn't have to be for a dependent. So it doesn't have to be for a dependent child or a dependent relative. You could make a contribution for a grandchild or a, you know, niece, nephew, that kind of thing. Right. Somebody else's college savings account. And then also just general IRA deductions, those don't have to be made by the end of the year. You know, you've got till April 15th the due date of the return to make it for the previous year. But some people like to just, you know, they kind of get it in their mind, like I'm going to do this by the end of the year, get it done. It can be deductible, um, but even if it's not, you know, still good to save it for retirement. Right. So that's just something to think about at the end of the year, but not a hard and fast deadline.
0: Right. Um, I guess the your, dis- your comment on um, portfo- portfolio realized gains and searching for uh, harvesting tax losses i guess the other thing we've done another podcast about is uh the opportunity zones as well so that's true um you know if you've got maybe you sold your business have a large gain um, an opportunity zone fund investment might be something that will allow you to defer at least initially that uh that gain as well so check that podcast out uh, that's right in your podcast feed (laughs) um that's that's me doing my podcast uh voice
1: i like it yeah Yeah.
0: so uh, any other Uh, Any other big things from an individual perspective, um, you know, for planning around this time of year before the end of the tax year that may make sense for folks?
1: I think you would taken all these things into consideration along with maybe any other life changes you had. You got married. You got divorced. You had a child. um, A child went to college. You know, if you had any of those kind of major life changes, it'd probably be a good idea to have a projection done. Yeah. Considering in all those things, maybe this year you can take an education credit for college payments, or maybe this year getting a child tax credit because you've had your first child or adopted a child or that kind of thing. So, all those things, it's hard to it's hard to do all that on pen and paper by yourself. So, especially if you've got somebody you're already working with who is familiar with your situation, this is a great time to get in with them before the end of the year or at least before the fourth quarter estimated tax payments are due in January. So you know where you stand. So you're not shocked when April rolls. Right.
0: And I guess now's the time of year at the the latter half of the year, fourth quarter of the year, Mm -hmm. um, to get those conversations done. So you have time to, one, make whatever change you might actually make. Absolutely. Versus waiting until March, for example. And some of the things are now off the table. That's right. Um, and then, secondly, your tax provider would be uh, have more time to think through. Uh, yes. Some of those planning things versus the, uh, you know, the rush of your tax. Hey, hey, we're just trying to get the tax return done. That's right. And complete to meet the deadline. Um, that's that's some great uh great tips for everybody here. Um, anything else we should you want to touch on before we uh, wrap this one up?
1: That's all I have on individuals.
0: All right. Mm. Uh, so. Th- this, this really sums up individ, year-end individual tax planning. We're going to have another show on business uh, tax planning, so please you know, check us out on the, that, that stuff as well, and uh, thanks for listening. If you would like us to help your business or would like to suggest additional podcast topics, simply send an email to info at jmf.com. And
1: don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube and your favorite audio podcast
0: apps.